0: and so i did the knocks for shave and a haircut do, 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 and he did
1: Another episode of Omnipotent Idiots. Today, we got some guests in the house. We got Jamie, Janer, and Annie from the Sorrel Weed House. Um, And so today, we're going to talk about some ghost shit, y'all. This is actually going to be our one-year anniversary episode. Did you realize that? What? August 7th is the uploaded date of our first episode. So that's Wednesday. So this will be going up post our one year anniversary of Omnipotent Idiots so happy first anniversary yeah right happy birthday bro happy anniversary (laughs) it's our anniversary together we gotta go get a dinner definitely get my dick sucked (laughs) (laughs) what's up bro (laughs) cool I mean we can go down Jefferson I got a
2: little bit of cash oh no no, my name popped up in that whole Equifax shit so they're sending me some money I got you bro
1: oh no buddy it ain't you ain't paying for it <laughs> You're putting it out. <laughs> she yeah, All man. right. So, Stacy, do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever had a paranormal experience?
2: No, not really. No?
1: Never, not any.
2: I mean, like deja vu a few times, but nothing like really paranormal or anything. But okay.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm really excited to have this episode because I've had um, personal paranormal experiences, things that I can't explain other than, you know, some kind of ghost or some kind of energy making shit happen. I guess it was more poltergeist activity that I've experienced. I've never seen like a, uh, it's never seen like an apparition or anything, but I've definitely seen shit move in front of my eyes that was not moved by a person or, or air, you know what I mean? Things, things heavy enough or significant enough to not be explained them moving by themselves in front house? of my eyes no um so yeah I mean I guess I'll talk about my stuff first because I think you guys probably have a lot more experiences to talk about but um so we used to hang out in this basement in Iowa um, we had a friend of it was like a friend's stepbrother or something along those lines. And he was older. He was like 30 or 40. And he had his own house. But he had a basement where he had a full band set up with a drum set and a PA and a bunch of speakers. So we used to go out, uh, we used to go over there in high school and like hang out and party. Cause we could drink, we could get high, and we could also, we had a place to play music. So we were just over there. And it was like a block or two from my house. So we hung out there all the time. And, um, there were just they they told me that it was haunted like when I started hanging out there um, but I didn't really believe it I had always like wanted to believe in ghosts but I couldn't because nothing had ever happened to me you know I read like ghost books and, and stuff about the paranormal but I couldn't fully believe in it until I saw some of that stuff happening Um. so the way that Chris the guy that lived there the way he talked about it is there was there was this painting down there um and it was of a like a hippie chick right and she was standing in a field of flowers and her hair was like hanging over her breasts right and she was topless um and he was taking this painting out of his brother's house and he was walking down the hallway and he felt something hit him in the shoulder and he like turned around he like felt the wall there were no nails sticking out or anything but just couldn't, couldn't explain it, but didn't think too much of it. And so we took it out, and uh, it was in the basement. So the things that I saw happen were chords coming out of amps while people were playing music that were just dangling. You know, it could be explained if somebody like, tripped on it or moved their foot. But, like, I wasn't playing an instrument. So I saw I was just sitting hanging out. So I would see stuff come out of the amps that wasn't pulled. Um, one time we walked into the basement and a beat was playing on the drum set and nobody was there. There was a cat doing circles. The cat was like doing a circle around the bottom of the drum set and like walked out. The door would come open. It had like a hook and pin latch, and it would just flip by itself and come open. And then um, probably the craziest thing that I saw was we were sitting there having a conversation about uh, Chris, the guy who lived there. He had just gotten a new guitar. It was like a $1,000 guitar. He didn't have money like that, but he had come across it. And um, he was talking about how much he loved it, how great it was. And it was sitting probably 10 feet away from us on the other side of the basement, but we had a clear eye line of it. It was sitting in a guitar stand that leans back um, and has a fork that comes out around the neck of it, um, probably three to four inches. And the whole stand leans backwards so that it can't fall side to side. While we were sitting there talking about it, the guitar leaned far enough forward past those two forks and tipped over. So, you know, literally a 15 to 20 pound guitar leaned forward from a, from a leaned back position, leaned forward at least four to five inches and completely tipped to the side. And there was just no, there's no way to explain that.
3: Yeah, some ghost just wanted to shred.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, well, I think it was jealous of how much he loved the guitar because he had just gotten it and he was just like ranting about how great the guitar was. And I think it was just like a jealous type. But it was never malicious. We slept right. in the basement. I felt comfortable. Just n- like, it was just something that we got used to. We, it was just something that we were okay occupying the space with because yeah. we didn't let it. Yeah, most spirits freak aren't out. like
3: out to get you. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that ghosts are so scary, but they don't, they're not like out to spite everyone all the time, right? Most ghosts aren't going to be malevolent. They're just sort of living their lives as we are, you know? They sometimes occupy the same space, but... They're not so to what them. was
1: your first paranormal experience? Or how did you get interested uh, in the paranormal?
3: Well, I dealt with a lot of death when I was a kid. I went to a lot of funerals. And so I think it was just something that I was around a lot, and it was sort of interesting to me, death in general. And my first ghost tour was in Savannah. I became obsessed with ghost tours after that and would take one every city that I would visit. How old were you? I was... When you took your first ghost tour? In my 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, when I figured out I was moving to Savannah, I thought that that would be a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was open to the paranormal, but I didn't... (laughs) Hadn't had any experiences that I was aware of. I was gonna say when you were talking about not having experiences, you probably have experienced the paranormal. You just weren't aware of it or you didn't know to call it paranormal. You know, if you're not on a ghost tour or in a haunted house and you're not aware that you're supposed to be looking for these things, then you're never gonna realize that that's what it is, you know? Yeah, I understand that. So I hadn't had any experiences that I was aware of before coming to the house. I was open to the idea of the paranormal. Um, The very first experience (laughs) that I had was when I was shadowing a tour. I came to Shadow Jovi's tour and I was in the gentleman's parlor standing by a sofa and I felt something on the back of my ankles and I kept like brushing it away on the back of my ankles and it wouldn't go away and I couldn't find anything that was there but I felt this sort of like it felt like a cobweb feeling, but there was nothing there. And then we went downstairs and there is this entity at this Surreal weed house where we work. There's a little girl downstairs who we believe loves to play hide and seek and she'll hide underneath furniture and she'll touch, you'll show like tug on your pant leg or touch you on the back of the ankles. And so I had felt it earlier upstairs and then he talked about it downstairs. So that was my first experience. Um, Something like that is easy to write off as your imagination, though, whereas my other experiences since then have been more substantial, I guess. But my first one was when I was shadowing my first tour. (coughs) Yeah.
1: So what about you, Annie? You have a long experience with paranormal, right? Like a longer history. How did you, I mean, what was your first paranormal experience or what, like, got you started being interested in the paranormal?
0: Um, Well, I always had experiences growing up. It was something that was, like, uh, hidden in my family at all. We always uh, were into it as a family and openly talked about it. You know, my uh, stepfather growing up had always watched the sci-fi shows and movies and stuff. So um, we were all into it, and I always had experiences here and there, a bunch of, uh, like, random weird stuff. Um, And then I started becoming more fascinated with death itself. Um, when I was young, and I started getting into religion when I was young, and I wanted to um, know more about it, and know more about what happens when you die, because like you had said, you know, I did experience a lot of death as well, Um, and so I just started like questioning that, and when I started getting into different religions, I was looking for more hard evidence, and the most evidence of any sort of avenue like that that I found was with the paranormal um, which is surprising to people a lot of the times that that's kinda what I picked and went with Um, but I just kept being fascinated by it and got more and more into it and kept looking stuff up and reading about it and then I decided that's what I wanted to do and so I set out for for the paranormal (laughs) but I got a lot of experiences at the house as well Um, my first experience at the Stralewood House was the first time I ever went inside, um, which was cool because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really know Savannah at all, um, and right when I went inside the first time, and and like you were saying, it's more of a like small thing. It's not like seeing something or you know like right in front of you. But I walked in the parlor rooms and um, I was by myself the first time I ever went in. They were like, oh, just walk in, you know, and see what's going on for you and I walked in the parlors and I was terrified because it was my first day in Savannah. I moved here without knowing anybody or knowing anything about the city really. And so I walked inside and I'm thinking like, there's these two men on property that have told me to do this. I don't know what this house is. I don't know where I am. I don't know who they are. And I was so scared that something <laughs> was gonna happen. And I walked inside and I'm standing like in the middle of the parlors, because um, there's two different parlors. So I was in, in, uh, in between both of them mm-hmm. and I felt someone walk up behind me, which may sound strange, but you can feel that. You know when someone is behind you or around you and you're aware, you know, especially when you're in a, in a state of like worried that there's going to be danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I felt someone walk up behind me and I froze with fear. And I thought, this is it. Some, something's going to happen. I This is what I expected. And I turned around to address them and nobody was there and nobody was in the house at all. And... That that definitely got my attention right off the bat. Uh, that was that was scary just because of the circumstance too. But yeah, I, I've always had paranormal experiences, and I, I love working at the house and being in a one location that has a bunch of experiences from a bunch of different people consistently, mm-hmm. frequently. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. What was your first paranormal experience? I mean, I can't remember like one specifically um, from. What well, was the first
1: from- significant one that you remember?
0: Um, well, when I was very young, I don't know how old, but I uh, was outside of my parents' house and they have horses and a farm. And I was standing in one of the horse stalls, like, you know, talking to the horse and whatever. And I looked uh, like out of the stall towards uh, like down the road, which was a dirt road. My granddad lived next door and there's lots of trees and things like that. And I saw a man outside working. And so I went inside um, after I was done playing and I told my mom and I said, who's that man at granddad's house? And she said, what man, you know? And I described him to her. I said, he, he's wearing overalls, he has a wheelbarrow, like, and he must be doing work, you know? And I'm, like, talking about this man. And my mom was just like, I don't know. And that was it. And that was the whole conversation. And then years later, um, once I was older and into this stuff and able to understand, and and she was as well, she told me that there was never a man working at granddad's house, but it was a man she had also seen Um so I thought that was really cool because uh, like you were touching on you know it's so easy to dismiss and especially as a mm-hmm. child I was like oh, okay that's weird there's a weird just man taking it yeah. yeah right <laughs> yeah but that really stood out to me later on in life when I learned the truth behind what happened that's wild. yeah
1: um, so had your family like lived on that land for a long time was there like did your grandfather know that person or like did you ever see you know sometimes people see pictures of those people later in family photo albums or whatever did anything like that ever come of it
0: not to my knowledge um i could ask my mom now you know some more clarification but um but not to my knowledge i mean my mom's pretty into the whole family history kind of thing so i feel Mm -hmm. like she would have known um but my family uh had been on that land for a while my my uh uh, dad had had the house built there and everything like that but i don't think it was like a relative i'm not sure but um, i should ask my mom now see what she says yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs>
1: so what's been your like most significant what's the most interaction that you've had with a you know what's what's the most significant or like what is the most that's happened, what is your biggest paranormal experience?
0: Um, I really like working with mediums, Mm -hmm. Uh, so to me the most interesting paranormal experiences I've had have been when I'm working with mediums, especially my mom, and they're telling me what they're sensing and and getting, Mm -hmm. and then we get a physical interaction to validate that uh, report. That to me is the most interesting and when it's uh, something that happens to me, it's uh, most interesting when I register it as the living and then I find out it wasn't. So then I can't backtrack and say, oh, I didn't hear that, I didn't see that because I, I, I physically will react sometimes. You know, like um, in the lower level, one day it's uh, it's like a basement area, it's a raised basement of the Surreal Wheat House and I was down there, I had just dismissed a tour Um, And they left out of the side and I closed the door behind them and I went back uh, in the house to kind of close everything after they had left and I was standing uh, in a breezeway area and I heard a little boy speak and say, are you mad? I mean, I heard him so clearly, I know what he said. He said, are you mad? And my first thought was, oh my gosh, I've left a guest. And even worse, it's a child, you know? (laughs) And I'm thinking all these things, are his parents still down here? Do they know he's gone? Are they looking for him? This is, you know, gonna be really bad. And I like immediately was racing in the lower level through all the rooms, you know, trying to find this little boy. And nobody was down there, and I had locked the door, so there's no way somebody could have gotten in. Um, it couldn't have been somebody on the street. So are you
1: just yelling like, "Hello,
0: hello!" Little yeah, boy, I was just like <laughs> looking everywhere, <laughs>
1: and just dead silence. Yes,
0: yeah, and and nobody's in the house. They couldn't have been. I mean, it was it was really cool, and um, it was really neat too because I had been upset. I was upset because that particular tour, I had a guest say something to me that had upset me because it was a rude comment, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't mad, but I was I was upset, and and uh, even more so, I was thinking about it later on, and I remembered that my mom <laughs> had told me that in the house she had seen a little boy who liked to be near me and like you know liked me and kind of followed me around kind of thing, uh, and so you know I put all the pieces together, and I was thinking you know what if it was that little boy and he was upset. Because I was upset, and, or he was checking in on you. Yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah, he knew you were upset. Yeah, yeah.
2: So for me, that's I'm not very involved. Yeah. What, uh, the Sorel Wee House keeps coming up. Can you give some background on that?
0: So it's a haunted historic uh, home museum downtown Savannah here. Um, and it's we do history tours in the day, and we do ghost tours at night, and paranormal investigations. And it's been featured on sci-fi channels, Ghost Hunters, Travel Channel, Ghost Adventures, bunch of other stuff. Buzzfeed Unsolved, Haunted USA, um, all the the TV shows like to come to investigate.
1: I feel like didn't Ghost Hunters catch like a full IR outline, like a full? <laughs> Did any of the shows get like significant evidence? Yeah. Was one of them like a heat reading? Outlet. Uh, Ghost I, Hunters captured
0: I, I don't know that it was an outline. <laughs> I don't know if they got the outline, but when they were in the lower level they captured um heat signature like on the Fleer yeah. uh heat signature on the wall of handprints, but it was a child's handprint, so they knew it couldn't be them and you know, they, they ruled out all the other possibilities that led them to believe that was a paranormal experience.
1: Anyway. I thought I saw one of like a silhouette. It would have been like a, a standing person essentially against a wall that might have been somewhere else but. Might have been. i knew that they found like Remember they got where? like kind of significant evidence like, uh, because a lot of a lot of the times they don't you know, a lot of the times they are kind of like oh we got this sketchy evp and but we had a lot of personal experiences
3: yeah but you know, know with that when they
1: have like an actual video or picture evidence
3: yeah ghost hunters if you don't watch any of the shows is like the original mm-hmm. investigative tv show mm-hmm. they were on the sci-fi channel it's not on the air anymore and their first halloween special was at the sorel wheat house in 2005 um and they captured an evp which a lot of the time when you an evp is an electronic <laughs> phenomenon mm-hmm. so it is a vocalization or it could even be like a door closing or something that you will not hear with your own ears in the room, but you'll hear later through a recording. Okay. Um, and a lot of the time when you hear an EVP, it doesn't really sound like anything. A lot of the time it's like the host of the show will say, you know, oh, we captured someone saying help me. And then they play the EVP and all you can hear is help me because they fed you that line. But it often sounds like a whisper or garbled voices or static or something. Um, but in 2005, when they came to investigate at the museum where we work, they captured the, now it's the second longest, but the clearest EBP that they've ever captured. I mean, it's really long and really audible. So they they captured significant evidence so with that, too. So what was it?
1: What was it saying?
3: Do you know?
0: Do you have it? I don't. Dang I don't either.
3: It says...
0: It says, like, help me, get help out. It's a of, lady screaming.
3: Get out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's really long. Um,
0: and Grant Wilson, who is one of the co-founders <coughs> of Ghost Hunters, the team and the show and whatnot, he had recently told us um, that they almost didn't include it in the episode because it was so jarring. Um, and, it, and, and you're dealing with some pretty heavy topics with that as well. And so uh, so he said they almost didn't even include it just because of, you know, fear of, of you know, whatever it may be with the television. Mm-hmm. So what's the,
2: what's, what's the significance of the house to, to have like all these separate apparitions from a small girl that's playful and a a boy that likes to follow you and then obviously, you know, woman screaming for help. Like was, was is there any other historical significance about the house itself?
0: There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of death associated with the property itself, okay. um, which that is kind of the number one thing I've seen of people associating with paranormal activity is, you know, death occurring on the property or a history of the location that's more tragic in nature. Um, so we have all of that. We have the death with the, with the family that had the house built. Um, they have some tragedies and, and death with tied to the uh, Revolutionary War, you know, things like that. I, I also think there's other factors as far as why that house specifically is so haunted Um, i think one thing is that it's located in savannah and and savannah is known to be one of the most haunted cities Mm -hmm. in the country and, and that's not really you know quantifiable or you know there, there's a bunch of towns I've been to that are small and have no money and they're pretty haunted but you don't know about it because they don't have any money to tell you about it yeah. um, but but whether you know whatever the circumstance savannah is a haunted place and and there's theories behind that as too you know like like is it because the water surrounding the area is it because the limestone in the area I mean it's all theory based but it all kind of lines up um, across the board it seems but
1: well the city was built on top of is most most of it's on top of cemeteries as well and yeah. originally it was an Indi- it a Native American burial ground and that's why Tamachichi couldn't use the land and gave it up to uh,
3: the English settlers right? Yeah, as are a lot of old cities yeah. built over graves to be fair. But yes, yeah. it yeah. is.
0: And I think, too, with us running tours every single night of the year, except St. Patrick's Day, I mean, that's a lot of people you're talking about walking into a location and Stirring expecting it and asking for it and wanting it and and looking for it. And I think that that in of itself kind of, like, makes us a beacon or maybe opens a door or something of that Super. nature to that sort of realm. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Great.
1: So, what are um, what are some of the other what are your some of your experiences that you've had at the house?
3: Um, my my most recent experiences literally happened 3 days ago on Thursday I had an investigation and I'm not sensitive. I don't see full bodied apparitions, I don't communicate with spirits. I don't have that like extrasensory receptor that Annie does and some people do. Um, I've been at the house for less than two years, and I've easily had like a hundred experiences. But those take the form of smelling, feeling, or hearing something. Um, the only things that I've really heard are I've heard footsteps twice. We heard knocks back once during a staff investigation. <laughs> I heard someone once, it's sw- so little, but I was walking out of a room and I was alone in the carriage house and I heard someone say, mm, in my ear. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, who is that? <laughs> um, so it sounds really stupid, but it was... You were turning that ghost Yeah, oh. yeah no, oh. was like, I was like, oh. You, thank you, so much. <laughs> thank you for noticing. <laughs> Please come again. Um, uh, it felt really small, but then on Thursday, the I heard another vocalization. I was walking in. So I was leading an investigation, and... On the investigation, I had 11 guests, and I'm bringing them throughout the property. I'm telling them the history of the property so that they know what kinds of questions to ask when they're in there alone investigating. And so I'm bringing them in uh, to another room, and I'm opening the doors, and it's creaking. I have the audio recording, so I'll play it for you. Okay. But we're walking in, and uh, I, I heard a baby cry. And there are obviously no babies on the investigation. And I'm opening the door and it's creaking and you can hear the creaking, but then you hear a baby cry. And I stopped opening the door and someone and I went, What was that? And, and I wasn't gonna say what I heard. And one of the guests was like, Haha yeah, that door creaking is really creepy, and I was like, No. And someone else on the tour goes, I heard a child cry. And I go, It was a baby crying. And somebody was recording the audio, which is so great. So you so three out of twelve of us in the room heard it with our own ears. And then you can hear it on the recording. Can I play it? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah,
1: get it up close to the microphone. Alright,
3: so you'll hear me like jabbering on for a little bit. I'll just play the most of it. It's it's loading. <laughs> the suspense is killing us.
1: So what are some of the other good um you guys said you get evidence emailed to you. What's what's yeah. like the best evidence that you've received from a guest, from a third party?
0: The best evidence. Um, I don't know. Everything I'm thinking of right now at the top of my head is from the cameras that we pull. Um, pers- what? Like uh, like So we did an investigation one night. And at the end of the investigation every night, um, people say, you know, what happened? We go around the room and everybody says, okay, why well, I experienced this, I experienced that, and kind of compare notes and the like. Talk, uh,
1: what's your investigation like? So it's 11 to 2, The right? investigation
3: runs from 11.30 until 2 in the morning. <coughs> we provide all of the ghost hunting equipment for you, so if you've ever seen any of the ghost shows, thank you. We have EMF meters, REM pods, um, Spirit boxes, all kinds of equipment that we explain to the guests how it works, how to use it. We give you tips for using it, and so we bring you through the house. The
1: EMF is an electromagnetic oh, field yeah. right. detector, right?
3: Electromagnetic frequency. Okay. So basically it's detecting energy. Um, It's this small little device. It's your most basic piece of investigative equipment. It was built or designed for electricians. So if you're holding, if your phone's not on airplane mode, it'll make it go off. If you're near an outlet, it'll make it go off. Mm -hmm. But it's detecting energy, basically. Um, A spirit box is, Annie always says, and I just regurgitate what Annie says, it's uh, like a glorified radio. So when you're using it, like an EVP, you won't hear with your ears, you'll hear later. With a spirit box, you'll hear a response in real time. So it sweeps through radio stations, so you'll hear it go like through. And then you will hear a vocalization, like a word <laughs> or a phrase that will overlay multiple channels, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it won't be broken up. So it's up. looking
1: for low-frequency signals, essentially, that are being emanated from directly right there.
0: It's like using the frequency changes to generate like an energy source for the spirits to use to come through. So
1: they don't have to work as hard. They don't have to admit as much energy.
0: Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. And and one way a spirit box is altered from an actual radio is that they're intermitting more frequency changes between the frequency changes of the radio. So they really like beefed it up for them.
1: Got
3: you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then the guests are split into... Three smaller groups, and you investigate on your own, and we turn the lights out. So, you're using our equipment, and you get 25 minutes in each section, each three sections of the property. Um, and it's all live streamed on our YouTube page, official SWH. So, you can check that <laughs> <Love> out. That. <laughs> <laughs> we have them pretty often, so you can watch in real time as guests are going through, and then it's posted later. So, you get your own ghost nice. show.
1: Yeah, we'll have to go do one and then we can
2: so, yeah, connect it uh, to yeah, the Did you, did you, did you get it to load? I, no. So one of the <laughs> things you just reminded me of too is you see all these people are making a lot of money doing these retarded open box videos, but apparently now on eBay and all that other stuff, you can buy these haunted boxes and yeah. all that other shit. Any validity to any of that?
3: I'm sure some of them are <laughs> legitimate. I'm How do sure you a lot feel about aren't. that?
0: I don't know too much about those specifically. Oh, um, didn't Post Malone try to try to like do open one yeah, or something? I heard he's they like almost died. now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Post Malone um, is. But I mean, I, I think that there can be do. energy tied to objects. Absolutely, that's yes, that would be yeah. the case. So that's what I was getting at with that whole painting story. Is that they believe that the haunting of that room came from that painting? Okay. Um. So there were also, uh, I can't personally vouch for this, but the other people, you know, I talked about what I personally experienced. There was a lot of other things that people talked about that they experienced. Um, they, the guy that lived there and, uh, another one of my good friends, AJ would say that the, the painting's face, the woman's face would get angry or it would like change expression if a woman came in the room um what else did they say they were talking about um
3: people say just that a weird lot stuff they're we like had oh to... the painting is watching us and i'm uh, like no yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's why i was like yeah. that's kind of far-fetched yeah but we also did like um i guess kind of a half-assed seance we took like a pendulum and hung it from a nail on a rafter
3: cool.
1: and drew like a um like a target essentially on a piece of paper and then marked off quadrants with like yes, no, maybe did that and then asked questions Um essentially you, you make it so that the pendulum is hanging over the exact center and um I don't remember. Chris was really the one who, like, led all of this. He, I don't know, had studied a little bit. We, he was also, like, reading tarot cards and um, doing some other shit, but I never asked him, like, fully. You know, I was young. We were getting fucked up. That's what I was doing. So I didn't ask him, like, where he learned all this shit. But essentially, we took a pendulum hung it over at Target and then would ask questions Um, but it always just said it didn't want to talk. It always just went to no, but it, it, it did move from the center to no and would go back. So, and it would like start like slowly, slowly swinging and like moving until it kind of hung over there and then it would like come back. It was, it was trippy. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, it never wanted to interact. So we always just left it alone. But, like I said, it would. We did have things that we saw happen when we weren't expecting it. So, I don't know. That was my. That was some of the other shit that happened no. while I yeah. was there. Oh, and then, um. I was really fucked up on codeine one time, and it was me and one other to. person, and I was talking to that painting. The other person got freaked out because I was. Conversing with the painting. That was the other thing is that people, people would talk to the painting. People would like say, the like the 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 couple of people who hung out there the most and had the most experience would like pay respect to the painting like as a as an entity, and just kind of just be like, hey, what's up? Or, but, yeah. At one point, I was fucked up and was having a conversation with the painting or the entity that I thought was the painting. Yeah. And was so engrossed with it that another person in the room the only other person in the room was freaked out.
3: I'm sure they and, were and
1: left. Yeah.
3: Difficult to say if that's just a chemical imbalance due to your drug intake yeah. or a paranormal experience. But
1: But I also think that I mean I think it's easy to write it off as like, oh you were high, you were doing that. But I also think that that. No, I have had, you. I yeah, had. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Like yeah, puts you more in your unconscious. Yes. I have yes. had shit like that Opens where I was like
2: extremely, extremely fucked up and would see things. But I don't. I would never claim that as paranormal.
1: I was just like on some but shit. But that's but but it, right. I mean, that's an interesting concept. Different. But, it but it's so That's so an interesting gray. concept of like, yeah. what if psychedelics are, you know. Putting you a into a dimension. yeah, literally like yeah. putting you in touch with a different. Sure. Um, that's what they say all those. I mean, that's
2: what they say all those DMT trips are. Yeah.
1: No. That's one <laughs> Did we? Did we, touch we do we? Do all do drugs? After this? I mean, I'm not a. Uh, um... Yeah. Stacy <laughs> <Stacey> can't partake. <laughs> did you
3: get your um, I baby have it. cry recorder? Oh, yes. Go. Here? Okay, right, so you. you'll hear me jabber on it then. Oil lamp as well interrupt me if you have any questions of course I'm throwing a lot of
0: information
3: at you at one time like, oh, that sounds crazy doesn't it <laughs> I'm going to all the way people tend to back into them. what? I said that sounded crazy did you hear that? Yeah. that's yeah. a fucking <laughs> baby crying.
1: and there was no children in the house and I heard it with house. my own
3: ears there's I no children never, in the house. No, I have never oh, heard something like that God, before. Oh,
1: God, that I was kind of crazy. Out. Yeah.
3: God, that kind was, was fucking
1: out. wild. Right? Yeah.
3: It is not the door creaking. So I have a question for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Holy it's, just, it's so nice shit. to
0: see other people's reactions to things like this because I'm so numb to it at this point. Especially because like, okay, you're alone well, in the yeah. office,
3: like, looking through
0: all the <laughs> stuff all the time. I always see God, people walking around that's and
3: I'm
1: insane. like, right? and So what was that recording on? What what did you get that just recording Just a basic
3: from? audio recorder these two guests had brought with them. They were just recording my little tour, bringing them through the house. Fuck. And they happened to be recorded. And you could hear it on the live stream, too. Because Dakota came through the live stream, came through the walkie immediately. It was like, I heard that.
2: <laughs> That's insane. Um, but I what wanted to ask you.
3: Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, when I first told Annie about it, I like went to her house afterwards and was telling her and I said that it was when I was opening the door and you could hear the door creaking but then over the door creaking is the baby crying and this is the same idea as having like the scanning of like the white noise with the spirit box and having a a vocalization come through it will you explain that how that works or how the door creaking works as like the white noise.
0: I mean, I don't know how to explain that. I guess it was just like my thought when you said that, because you know, with the spirit box, you've got the the white noise and then the door creaking. It seems kind of similar to me. I don't know. It honestly, what it made yeah, they me-
1: sounded very similar. It sounded like the noises were like blended on top of each other.
0: Right? Yeah, and so yeah, I I, I don't know, like. But the know, door
1: wasn't. But there but was no physical the, door creaking. No, either.
0: I'm opening a
3: door. Oh, okay. And you hear me say, "I'm going to open this door all the way," uh-huh. and you hear the door creak once, and then I'm opening the other door, and then you hear the baby crying, and I stopped opening the door, and it's and it happened.
0: That's I mean, it's not
3: the nice. door creaking. The no, door no, no. doesn't make that. You, nice. you can hear
2: the slight separation between. <laughs> right, the two. they sound
3: different. Yeah. So okay, you don't have anything. It just is the I same know, idea they, where it's. The white noise. That's and what it's I thought of to come when you through. said...
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought of. Because my mom, the way she... She, she, did, she always knew she was seeing things, but she didn't know she was a medium. She thought she was insane. Sure. Yeah, and so... Because, uh, uh, you know, her time period's a lot different than our time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the first uh, thing I ever remember her saying about it was when I was really young and she was vacuuming the house, vacuuming white noise, oh, okay. and she walked up to me and said sometimes when I vacuum, I hear people screaming at me. And I said, don't ever say anything like that again. <laughs> and, and she dropped it. We never spoke about it. And then I got into this stuff, and then she found out, and we paced it all together later on, years and years later. But uh, but that's what it made me think of, you know, because yeah. when she vacuums, she's hearing stuff. She She sometimes will hear stuff when she's in the shower which you could also say is water but noise yeah, I don't know yeah it drowns
1: out the like um, water yeah, so definitely. you you said that she thought that she was crazy oh yeah she did had she problems. go to like uh did she go to counseling and like and, god no she didn't tell oh, anyone like her
0: her dad was an established member of the community so mm-hmm. you wouldn't say something like that so
1: she just held that right. to herself yeah It was quite torturous. Yeah, that's got to be so. Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: She has memories of being a child, uh, like in her bed, and a lady standing at the end of her bed, and she was just in fear constantly all the time because um, she didn't know. When her
3: mom comes to visit Savannah, like when they're hanging out in, I'm stealing her story, but when they hang out in (laughs) Madison Square, uh, her mom will have to ask Annie who's real and who isn't in the square because it's there's so many spirits around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. So, nobody, like, she's the first one to have this, or you said her father was established in the community. Nobody, like, from before had these um, type of, like, psychic sensitivity or anything? Or like, She thinks so. She yeah.
0: thinks, yeah, I think it was my granddad's mom, she thinks had it, but... That's We're talking like a long time ago, and no, they weren't writing this down, and they weren't talking about it anyways, and blah, 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 but that's like her theory. Um, It is known to be genetic, Mm -hmm. Um, so she does think it was in her family, and her sister um, will say weird things, (laughs) but she won't admit anything. She's the Methodist preacher's wife, so she's not going to... She don't talk about it. She don't want to know, but but she'll say really weird things sometimes uh, that gets your attention, but she, she doesn't have it like my mom does. I don't know why. I don't know how that works. I don't know why my mom would be the one to be seeing someone at the end of her bed all the time, you know, and, and seeing things constantly. I I think it is a muscle that you exercise. So I do think by her paying attention to it so much that she did heighten it through the years, whether she knew that or not. Um, and, and maybe that's the difference. Maybe my mom paid attention to it and her sister didn't. I don't know, you know, how that worked out that, that, that they only they know that, you know, Mm. um, but, but yeah, it is known to be genetic and she does think it was in her family.
1: Gotcha. So can you talk about some of her other experiences or like what you guys have talked about?
0: Um, I, or like
1: you said that some of your most significant experiences are like from working with a medium and you get a physical response. That's wild to me. Can you talk about some of that? Yeah. Um, how that works with your mom?
0: We were in Littleton, North Carolina Um, And Littleton is one of the towns that doesn't have any money and, but they are very haunted, but they're starting to do stuff now. Um, But there's an old theater there that we were in and uh, we were sitting on the like stage area of the theater and my mom's seeing this man and she's telling me all about him, telling me what he looks like, you know, he's got a mustache, black hair, you know, and she's talking to him. And I'm saying, Mom, ask him if he'll talk to us, you know, because I thought, you know, let's get his approval first and then try to establish a connection. And so so she's talking to him and she's she finally she she uh, she says, all right, he's sitting down with us and he's willing to do something, but he doesn't have much time and he's kind of upset. He has to do this and blah, blah, blah. And so I did the knocks for a shave and a haircut do, do, mm-hmm. do, do, do. and he did the two bits back. We heard it and it's difficult to describe it didn't sound like it was right next to me mm-hmm. it sounded distant yet clear it was very strange but nobody else was around you know it was it was wild it was wild that we got those knocks back and it was wild for her because then i mean it's scary to see this stuff but then it's scary to know that you're seeing something mm-hmm. you know that was a pretty clear validation we've had things like that we were in um The houghton mansion i think that's how you say it houghton houghton mansion in uh, massachusetts and we were uh it's it's today a masonic temple the masons have have got it now but behind their ritual room is like a hallway and we were back in there and it's already creepy you know in the back of a masonic temple Mm -hmm. uh and and so we're back there uh and she's seeing this man again and and you know different man but she's seeing somebody walking around and I said, okay, well, tell him if he wants to talk to us. I can't see him, too, so tell him to knock. And somebody knocked, and it, it did scare me a little bit. and She still makes fun of me for reacting how I did, but uh, it was really strange. We, we heard the knockback, and we left the area to go see if anybody was around. You know, maybe somebody else knocked, and we heard it. Nobody else was around, and we had lost track of time,
3: mm-hmm. and we
0: were late, and everybody was already gone. So that was a really weird experience, too. But I love that when we get the, like, physical responses, it's, it's alarming.
1: <laughs> so were you and your mom just, like, traveling around going to haunted destinations and, like, going on ghost tours in them? Or, like, wh- how did that work?
0: There's um, a few companies that do events, especially at large places, like sanatoriums, because they are so large and mm-hmm. they can charge a ticket price that's fairly reasonable to be inside the down. Uh, they set back the setback, the, the drawback of it is that you're with a bunch of other people because they're going to sell a bunch of tickets so they can make a mo- to make money from the event. Um, but we go because we don't use equipment when we investigate. We just compare notes. And so we would do all of those kind of events because it worked well with how we wanted to investigate. We get to go inside these you know famous locations. I mean, we went to Waverly Hills for a couple nights for just a few hundred dollars just because we did this kind of event, mm-hmm. whereas other investigators kind of... Aren't usually all about that kind of thing because then you don't have the place to yourself. Um, Why do you guys
1: choose not to use equipment?
0: I think it's distracting when we're trying to work on sensitivities and mediumship and stuff. She does use it sometimes. She has like a flair and, and whatnot. She wants to validate constantly what she's experiencing, um, which I've tested her like several times with different things, but it's never seems to be enough for her, but but she always wants to try the equipment, but I think that the equipment for us in what we're trying to do is more distracting.
1: so you're so when you guys do these events, your um, mission basically or like your what your your goal is is trying to get the physical validation. For what your mom is seeing or experiencing, essentially.
0: Yes. Um, and I also want validation for what I'm experiencing, and so does she. So mm-hmm. we'll validate each other. You know? So, yeah, validation is is the goal. So between so each other So what are and... some
1: of the things that you experienced during those times that you got validated?
0: Um, one of my favorites was... I think it was at Pinhurst Asylum. Mm-hmm. And I was in the boiler room by myself, and I saw a man, and I didn't like him, and he freaked me out, and I thought he was bad, and I didn't want to be around him, and so I walked out, and I went and told my mom, hey, you gotta walk in the boiler room, tell me what you think, what you get, and she walked in and didn't get anything, and I thought, oh jeez, you know, I'm crazy, and then uh, a while later, sometime later, I was watching a television show, and it was about, I think it was Pennhurst, it was about the same place. And they went in the boiler room and said, yeah, there's a mean man in here. And they drew a picture of him. And they described him like I did and everything like that. So that was really cool. It was like I didn't get the validation with my mom, but mm-hmm. I did get it later on. And that and it's not 100% consistent. You know, it's not it's not across the board. Mediums aren't right all the time. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, we're human still. So, so we do make mistakes. And, you know, depending on what's going on, she, for whatever reason, wasn't picking up on that. Um, another time we were in... Um, Massachusetts, at that place, and my mom had seen a lady walking in this certain hallway, so she was like, "I'm gonna try to find her and see where she's walking to, and I was like, "All right, cool, I'll be right behind you." So my mom's like walking down the hall, and she's like, "I almost got her, you know, I'm trying to like pick up on it and whatnot, and in the same instance, I felt her felt felt this lady we were looking for behind me. And she was walking, as my mom had said, uh, pretty, pretty briskly and determined. And so when she walked essentially like through us, um, she, she did so with an effort that made me lean forward. And I actually like put my hand out to catch myself. And I touched my mom the same exact second she said, I got her. And it was really cool because it was like as if she had walked through me. Here I go. And then she gets to my mom and mom sees her too. And I thought that that was really neat.
1: That's fucking wild.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun to experiment with stuff like that and and get the validation. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the the way that I um, I mean, I knew that you worked at like Sorel Weed House and stuff, but the first, it's funny because I I first heard about like you having experiences like this like through like almost a third party verified source do you want to talk about the story um from abes with wesley
3: oh i don't and know can that we I talk should... about that yeah we can talk about it well i think it. it's your story. no about. i mean I i'm think I, 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 I
1: think you should talk about it because you <laughs> were a third party Were you were there right
3: I was there. I don't really remember what I know. Okay.
1: That's what I think is like the valuable source is. So I want you to talk about it, and then she can talk about what she was experiencing.
3: So we all have a mutual friend, and (laughs) who's um, been on the show before, Wesley. Yes, Wesley. Wesley, Wesley, shout out. Wesley, shout um, out. Annie had. We were all out one night, and Annie came over to me as she does sometimes. And she's like, "Who's the lady?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "There's a woman." With Wesley. And I was like, I don't know. She was like, who is she? And I was like, well, I I mean, his grandma died. Like, I don't know. Could be his grandma. And she, like, couldn't get it. But she was like, don't say anything to him. And I was like, okay. So then we hang out a couple more times. And every time Annie is like, there's a woman with him. What is it? She kept getting the same reading for her. I don't remember what it was now. And then we're finally at Abe's one night at a bar. And I think you brought it up. I don't know, I'm not going to tell the story well. Um, Because I said it to all you guys,
0: and then I said to you separately. So she kept getting mother. Right? Mother figure, mother side, yeah. She, she like
3: Annie kept like in my ear whispering like mother, mother, mother and I was, like, I was like I don't I don't know, his mom's alive, I don't know what you want me to say. And I'm like, His grandmother, his his, his mom's mom. Um, and she's like, Mother, mother. Who they and, call uh, Graham, right? I think they're the Graham. Yeah. I don't know. He's but always talking about his Graham. She had had passed away not that long ago, so I was like, It's probably her and she was like, No, mother, mother. And um I I don't I think you did like a little bit of a reading on him that day and she got something about a song. Do you remember? Yeah. Go ahead. That was passing yeah. baton. Yeah.
1: Yes. Just tell um, your I'll experience.
3: I guess two. of what.
0: In the mom. Say just what you got at Abe's. Um, the I can't. Re- it was, I. I got the song. um, and he didn't remember the song. He didn't remember yeah. the significance also, so of why I was getting, like, a song. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I remember he texted somebody in his family, and they texted back, and he was like, oh, oh, my gosh, I forgot about, you know, I was supposed to sing this song. So what it ended up being... It was his it grandmother's, was his grandmother's birth. birthday. Yeah.
3: And he would always sing happy birthday to her. Like, it was, like, her one thing that she always wanted was for Wesley specifically to sing happy birthday to her. And Annie that night was like, I have to say something. It, 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 I'm speaking for her, but it becomes too compelling. Where like, I have mediums on my tours who will just like blurt out something sometimes because it's so overwhelming to them. And they're, it's like the mother thing. They're hearing this thing over and over and over and over again and they have to just say it. So she had told him that there was a song and he was like, I don't really know. It ended up being her birthday and he was supposed to sing happy birthday. But she was still stuck on the mother thing. And we found out less than a week later that his mom had cancer. Um, so that was interesting. Because the
0: grandmother had said that the mom needed to go to the doctor. That's right. But I wouldn't tell Wesley that because I only thought, me oh, that. my God, I can't tell somebody and then that. And then I was like, I was like,
3: hey, is your mom going, does your mom have any checkups coming up? Like, I kept being like, maybe she should go to the doctor. Because, like,
0: oh, my, that's alarming.
3: You can't yeah, just tell somebody right. their mom needs to go to the doctor. But she was right. And she had, she had ended up having cancer. And, and we found out, like. Days after yeah, this, that, this happened. That just happened. Um, yeah. Like a couple months ago. Yeah. She's okay now. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so that was pretty wild.
2: So I have two questions. <laughs> okay. Um, so when we were talking about being really fucked up and DMT, you kind of perked up a little bit. Is, is there something there for you or.
0: I don't do hallucinogenic drugs because I'm too afraid of what I've already seen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So is,
2: is that with. from because you hear about it from people that just are basically drug users. Is with Within your community, is it known that those type of
0: things heighten your sensitivities? Some think so. Some don't.
2: Okay. Um,
0: there's so many different avenues with the paranormal and spiritual realm, you know. So some think, you know, it's, it, it is like higher beings. I've had friends tell me that and whatever. But... I don't know, but I just don't want to find out. I don't want to form an opinion on it because seeing spirit is cool. It's fun. It's unique. It's it's a neat way to offer somebody an insight into something they might not otherwise have thought of. Um, it's also terrifying. I've seen some things that have really rattled me and really affected me and caused me to not have sleep and, and caused me issues. And so because of that, I don't want to take hallucinogenic drugs just for the chance that it may open up even more, you know, to something that is out of my control.
2: That's understandable. Yeah. And that was going to be my second question is, have you had negative experiences?
0: Yes. Yeah. I do think negative is out there. Um, it's not the Sorrel Weed House. We work adamantly as a team to form a boundary, you know, and, and form a, a sort of a, like, I don't know metaphysical fence around the property, um, so that we are protected inside, and and you know I spend more time at that house than I do anywhere else um, every day, and so we we make sure that it is a positive place for positive energy, um, but there is negative out there. I have I've encountered a bit of it. Um, I try to stay away from it just because that is not something that I want to wind up with because I know the intensity behind it. Um, yeah, I've had spirit pushed me before, um, which was really scary. Um, I've walked in a room and walked right back out. (laughs) Uh, so, so yeah, I do think negative is out there. Yeah.
1: And have you experienced that, that in Savannah?
0: In Savannah? Um, I don't think so. That's room. a that's a really interesting question. I haven't really thought about that very much because it used to happen to me a lot more um, growing up and traveling, but it hasn't happened too much in Savannah. We have had instances in the house where somehow the fence must have been broken and something got in, but we work, like I said, pretty pretty diligently to get it back out, but I have been... I have seen things in the house that I didn't like and and had to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that also is because of you're bringing in strangers Mm -hmm. to a location that you have tried to protect. And we tell everybody on the investigations, especially, you know, um, like we tell everybody to have respect. But on the investigations, we tell people don't ask for negative. We respect if that's how you want to investigate. But you are not allowed to on this property. Um, And I've had a customer argue with me and yell at me and tell me that he was going to investigate how he wanted to. And I told him he can take it to Madison square because we don't, we don't do that. We don't want it. We don't need it. Um, but you know, it is a risk you take. And so we have had things in there where I've left before. Yeah.
1: Do you think that people come there, um, with the intention of like do you, do you, have you ever like gotten sketchy feelings from people and thought that they were there to try and draw in negative energy specifically?
0: Yes. We had um, we've had a couple customers that uh, like I said, have tried to ask for negative, which I get. I understand because people want to believe so bad in the paranormal and here's their one opportunity sometimes or their first opportunity to do so. And so they're like, all right, if you're here, slap me. I don't care what it is as long as I know you're here. I get it. I understand. But there's much more to it than they're giving credit to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, but that's, yeah. that's more
1: just kind of stupid stuff. I mean, is has there any been anybody that came there like educated that was looking to try and get something out of it or, you know, what I mean, somebody that was yeah. like studied in, you know, I guess you would say black magic or the left, is it left hand path? There's like left hand, right hand path of, of magic, right?
0: Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a gentleman one night who knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had to address that and that was pretty gruesome (laughs) um we had a medium there that same night so that made it super interesting and by super interesting I was extremely nervous for how the business was being presented to this gentleman um but it was um he it it was weird he he came there to investigate and whatnot and this medium was like you know something ain't right with this guy and, and I could tell he was a little off, but so was a lot of people that's in the paranormal field, you know, mm-hmm. myself included, but, uh, but she addressed him and, you know, pretty much told him, I know who you are. And mm-hmm. he, uh, I thought, you know, oh my gosh, she's going to attack this guy right here. You know, this is crazy, but he looked straight back at her and he said, yes and I watched this conversation happen, and I watched his body language change, and I watched his eyes change, and it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it was terrifying, because uh, he changed in an instant once she addressed him. It was insane. And, uh, and I was thinking about it, um, she and I were talking about it after the fact, and I remember that when I was at the gate, you know, we have one gate where everybody enters, he didn't cross the threshold until I invited him across the threshold. Mm-hmm. Which at the time, I was like, whatever, I'm, you know, customer service, oh, come on in, you know, whatever, but but looking back, that alarmed me <laughs> when I remembered that. But yeah, that, that was intense.
1: That's funny that you say that, because um, it's always funny that I see you guys when I walk past there, and I'm always like, hey, what's up? I like stick my head in, and I'm like, hey, what's up? But I don't ever, uh, also, right. but I also have Charlie, most of the time, yeah. is a thing, and, but yeah, But I also feel like that's uh, a boundary that you have to be like, it's weird. It is a single gate going in. Uh And there is almost like an energy that you don't think about. There's, it is a different place and a different energy from that street right there.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is entirely, I think, created by us because, um, because we work so hard at it. Yeah. You know, because it should be a welcoming, you know, we're trying to get people in the business, so it should be a welcoming area. Well, but...
1: I feel like it's like, it it is, mm-hmm. but to step in there, you have to have intention. Like, you have to know where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah, like, most you people have just to be lean red. in
3: with their upper body. And <laughs> yeah. you have to be like, you can come inside. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. That's a weird thing. Yeah.
0: I've been doing investigations before, like running the investigations, and uh, when you run it, sometimes you're by yourself in the courtyard, and I have seen a man standing right there, like you know not not a physical man, but I've seen someone standing there, and I like to think that it's because he can't cross he's mm-hmm. not welcome for whatever reason, so I'm not going to welcome him if he can't cross himself, you know mm-hmm. that that means he's got something going on but've I've seen him several times to the point of where I've gone to address him before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. um you were saying somebody wouldn't go I, I think you uh sent me a message the other day about somebody that wouldn't go in uh and they ended up hanging out in the courtyard for like two hours because oh, no
3: <laughs> it was just this guy who came with this big group and uh right before his tour started he came over to me and he was like never mind he was like <laughs> I'm gonna sit in the courtyard I was like okay so he sat in the courtyard for two hours with his grandson's like stuffed monkey just like sitting in the courtyard waiting for his family to finish their tour which happens a lot that night a lot of people left the tour early yeah multiple people left because I was sitting at check-in so he didn't go on the tour I had a 10 o'clock tour later where a little girl came on it for whatever reason you're not supposed to it's 13 and up but she was with her mom and her sister and they were on my tour for like less than 10 minutes before the mom came over to me and she was like, can we leave? And I was like, are you okay? You know, and she points at her daughter and she goes, her name is Matilda. And Matilda Sorel is like the lady of the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she passed away on the property. And I was like, got it. Yeah, you can leave. You don't <laughs> need to stay on this tour. You're a little kid and this is too close to home. Um, but that night specifically... There was a lot of energy, I guess, because a lot of people ended up leaving early, which does happen sometimes. doesn't happen all that often, but it happened a lot that night. Yeah, I know
1: you talked about one spirit in particular in, um, I think, the upstairs hallway that um, you felt, like, physically ill from, or, like, you had stomach pain, I didn't. Or that somebody, or one of your guests experienced that. People back. do
3: feel I did. Sick. Yes, Yeah. she, she did too. To well, yeah, you, Go, talk, you about talk about it. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was just going to say, people who come to the property feel nauseated. They feel pain. Um, yeah, I, I had a man come onto the property and limp throughout the tour. He had such intense leg pain the entire time he was on the tour. Um, for over an hour before it even started, he was waiting in the courtyard. And it wasn't until he walked off of the property that his leg pain completely went away. Mm-hmm. And he walked back on, crossed that threshold through the gate again, and it immediately came back. So people do experience that sort of... And I think that that's sort of an empathic thing. I had a medium once when I was telling that story tell me that he was here in a past life. And that's why he was able to pick up on that, which is an interesting theory. But yes, people do experience um, feeling sick to their stomach. And it mostly happens in two areas, I would say, in the foyer and in the carriage house. Or in the...
0: So
1: so what have you experienced?
0: As far as that goes? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little girl, different little girl than was mentioned earlier. Yeah. Right, yeah. And she stays at the bottom of the stairs on the second level. Mm -hmm. And we know of that because my mom, I think my mom was the first to see her. And then we got validation through someone else. We wait to say it is a story or whatnot until you know different people experience it without knowledge um and so we know this little girl now and we know little about her what we know is that she's sickly and she wants a glass of water um and which is a very specific phrase to have heard from multiple people to walk into the house
3: with no knowledge and say there's a little girl coming down the stairs asking for water Mm -hmm. right
0: yeah and so we we think it's Matilda Ann because Matilda Ann was a daughter of Matilda Sorrell uh, and she died young and she died from scarlet fever and we had a tour the other night Jovi's tour and Jovi said somebody on his tour when he relayed this information to them uh, said that they work I think they worked in hospice. hospice yeah yeah and they said when someone is like about to die you know like now they ask for a glass of water first That is
3: the last thing that people often will say is they'll ask for a glass of water right before they die. And she told him this crying on the tour. So that was pretty intense.
0: Yeah. So
3: it was pretty, pretty strange that, that this little girl's asking for water. Yeah. Thought, but... So people come in and they feel what she's feeling. It's like an empathic mm-hmm. sort of experience.
0: Especially when they're trying to reach out to her. And that's that's what happened to me. That was my experience when I was... Uh, we, we were doing an investigation. A few people using a spirit box right there and trying to talk to her. And they felt that they were speaking with her. Um, and I forgot what was said. But when I put the intention in to reach out to her myself, my stomach got sick and I left. So... I think it's just... I think we get sick because... I think people feel sick sometimes because it's so overwhelming yeah the spirit realm for lack of a better term Mm -hmm.
2: so is there any validity to like the uh the the apparitions or the ghosts or whatever are still here for the because they have unfinished business or i mean are they just is
1: is it more of like a purgatory kind of thing or is it can, can you, I think most of that's summed up by like f- manifestations of energy over time, right? Like traumatic events that, that cause energy or like patterns, like daily routes and stuff. I don't know. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, I think there's different kinds of energy. I've never believed a ghost was one thing. Um, because if you think about it, if you blindfold someone and they walk to Auschwitz or if you blindfold them and they walk down the street of the Detroit, they're going to feel different. You know, there's a different energy there, kind of like you were saying with the house even, <laughs> you know? And so I think that that that's one type of energy, but I think that as far as like the unfinished business goes, um, the way that I've personally always theorized and looked at it is like when somebody's depressed, they do have options. They do have a way out. They do, they can get up and do things, but they don't allow themselves to. Their brain has put them in sort of like a, what do you say, like blind, like blind? Yeah, blinders. Blinders? Yeah, like blinders on. And so that's how I've always kind of associated spirit, some, some spirit to be, is like they may be repeating these traumatic events and whatnot, but I think it's because they won't, their brain, you know, or whatever, their consciousness isn't allowing them to, to move on. Mm-hmm. And I've even had investigators say that you shouldn't be a paranormal investigator if you're not going to move people on. Um, but I don't think that that's my job. <laughs> I don't know where I'm moving them to, and I think it's a personal journey. Um, and when we leave our physical bodies, I don't think we have all the answers. I think it, we're still on part of a journey. And so, like through mediumship, you know, with others, I, I have tried to address them and help them. But if they don't want help, you can't help them, just mm-hmm. as with the living, I think. So I think that maybe unfinished business. Kind of makes sense to me, but it's more of, like, within themselves, you know, as as opposed to kind of, like, what Hollywood has made it, I think. Does that make mm-hmm. sense?
1: Yeah. What time, we'll. You guys want to take a break? Let's take a smoke break. Sure. We you pause? Pause this button, and we'll be right back. Yeah.
2: There it goes. And we're back from our break. Dude, it was just... It, the numbers weren't moving. Um, so... You said you could talk about some of your medium stuff. Um, have you ever had experiences outside of known haunted places? Just like in your, what are your experiences from your everyday life?
0: I've had people wake me up from sleeping. Um, I had a little boy, uh, it doesn't happen like all the time, but I've had it a few times. Um, but I had a little boy wake me up when I was sleeping, and I'm like, immediately like brought open my phone because in the past i've just been like brush it off like this is weird i don't know but i'm trying to like be more open with it and explore it more so i brought up my phone and like took all these notes about what he was telling me and like what i was sensing and things like that and then i tried to look up in the newspaper what happened was he had been burnt i got the sense that like he was in a fire somehow and uh so i tried to look up in the newspaper if there was like a boy in savannah that had been burned or a house had burned down or anything like that and I didn't find anything. I'm also terrible at that sort of thing, like looking stuff up like Research. that. Um, but I never found anything. But I, I was trying to explore more of that. That would have been, you know, interesting if I did find something. Um, but you never know. I mean, maybe later down the line I'll know why that happened. Um, I've had like a man approach me in a square. One time I was sitting in the square waiting for somebody and a man came up and he was fascinated with World War II and like all this stuff. And I asked a few of my friends like, does this make sense to you? Do you think he's your person? You know, but it never clicked with anybody um, or anything like that. But I've done like private readings for most of the staff um, as well. Um, and that'll happen when I'm not at work. I don't okay. really do readings at work because I'm so focused on work. Um, but, uh, like, a lot of times when we go out, um, I'll do readings, which is interesting because I'm usually drinking. And so I kind of wonder, too, if, like, because I'm drinking, I'm more – or my guard is down. You know, I'm, I'm more open to it. I'm more okay with saying something because uh, it's scary. It's scary to look somebody in the face, whether they're your friend or not, and say something about what could potentially be a dead loved one. You know, you don't want to offend them or say the wrong thing or, or anything like that. So it, it's a, it's scary like that, but uh, that's why I, I've done it mostly with, like, my friends. I have done a reading for a stranger before. Uh, that was scary, too. Um, but I do more of that sort of thing, like readings for people, like seeing their loved ones, whereas my mom does more of, like, she'll walk into a location and see different things, like how it was or what happened there or something of that nature. Um, we both do the other but we kind of have our strengths in those departments, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting because I'm a people person. I like people. And my mom is a mapper for a living. So she she works with buildings and she likes buildings and stuff like that. So I think that's that's kind of neat that our strengths are in what we like.
2: So how long have you have you lived here?
0: Two and a half years.
2: So has there been anything like a repeat from somewhere else that you lived since you've been here? is there something is like there a repeat been, person? Yeah, repeat person or just as as something followed you along your travels throughout the states?
0: No. I haven't had like repeat people like that. Um, I have had certain things follow me for certain periods of time, but nothing that's really lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, which through all of my experiences with that, it leads me to believe that we as individuals have different not attachments, but like different entities that help us at certain points in our life with different things. Um, there's one member of the staff that I see a lady with her. And uh, I think at least one other medium, maybe That's, more, mm-hmm. Yeah, has mentioned this to her as well. Um, but I see a lady with her and she doesn't know who it is. Like it's not a loved one. And I didn't get that it was a loved one. I see it differently when it's a loved one so that I know how to interpret it. Um, but this lady is with her for specific reasons she's like helping her and like guiding her and things like that. And, and she's been with her for a while now. Uh, so I think it's definitely individual base, but I think there's things like that, but no, I haven't had anything like follow me for a long time. How is yeah. it, how do you interpret it differently when it's a loved one? How does it come through differently? Um, the best way I can describe it is like when it, when it's a loved one for the person that I'm speaking to. I see spirits step forward and they put a hand on the shoulder or something to that effect that lets me know they're with that person. It's strange. It's like I see, they, they present themselves to me initially differently than like, they're, they're usually in closer proximity as well, um, the way I see them. So, yeah.
1: So how is this lady's um, spirit different?
0: She, well, when I saw her, she wasn't standing very close to her at all. And I, I, I get like, the best way to say it, I guess, is like, I get the sense that it's not a loved one. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so like, it, it happens differently every time, but I try to use those like guidelines so that I know. Um, but I, I could tell it wasn't a loved one. You know, I've also seen something with someone that was like a manifestation of a part of them. And I told them that it was like holding them back, and I told them when it appeared with them, which is really strange. But it, she, this person that I was speaking to, validated it all for me and, and validated even when it started for her. Um, so it's, it's super weird. There's no like outline for it. You, each individual sensitive kind of has to create their own outline because you're, you're still a human, you're a medium because you're interpreting. And so you have to use your own symbols um, for things and your own feelings and, like, hash it out. And um, I've seen a lot of mediums who will get something about someone or a place and they don't know what to do with it. So they just start, like, saying other things that their rational brain is making up to try to fill the gaps. And they're not doing it on purpose, but I can tell... Uh sometimes you know it's just the solo. way our brain works. Our yeah. brain right. is
2: designed to try to fix and, exactly. and fill it in, yeah. communicate yeah. what's happening.
0: And so there's been several times when I'm reading someone and I'll look down or look away from them so that I can talk and get out what I need to and figure it out within myself and then once I arrive upon the exact wording I want to use, I turn back to them and say, This is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So it's not like because I don't want to see their reaction and then have my brain be like, uh, know that they, you know, reacted a certain way when I said this word, so that's not it. You know, because it's, it's difficult to, you're fighting your rational brain sometimes with it. For
3: example, like looking at a young person and seeing someone with them and assuming it's their grandparent just because they're young, right? Right. Is that what you mean? Like that sort of rationalization. Like that, yeah. Rather than if she were to like look away and not think about them as a person, maybe it's their parent or their sibling or something that you... Wouldn't automatically logically think, right?
0: Yeah, or like I was doing a reading one time and I got name the word name, and I'm just like, like Jeannie says, sometimes I repeat it, but I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out how to give the person that I'm reading more information because it is, it is like a A a two way street with it. You know, I have to have their validation and their feedback for me to get more and feel comfortable, you know. And so I got name and I like looked away from him and was like, Name, name, name. Like, what is it about the name? Why is the name important? And I'm asking myself these questions to try Mm -hmm. to figure it out. And then finally I looked back at him and I was like, why are you named Nicholas? And he was like, oh my gosh, you know, the person you're seeing is, is, you know, that's how I got my name. And he like connected the dots then. Um, so, so that's like kind of where I was fighting, filling in the gap too
2: with it. You said earlier, um, you had one where it was like a, a, a manifestation of a part of a person. Yeah. It, can you expand upon that?
0: So, it was my friend, and we were hanging out, and I just, like, saw this, like, um, I didn't see a person, but I saw this, like, energy, (laughs) Um, and I could, like, sense it and tell it was different, and it, like, had a grip on her, Um, and it was, like, uh, it's it's almost like I was, uh, not conversing, but, like, sensing, like, a part of her... Like spirit, I don't like saying that word, but like, like she
2: had something she couldn't let go of at the moment. Yes, okay. yeah, it was she like part like a of burden. her energy. Yes, she
1: had a burden on her
2: energy. Yeah,
0: and okay. I could tell it was like holding her back.
2: Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. If it was like a, a like a part, like a like they were about to have a certain ailment in a part of their body or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I shouldn't say manifestation because I didn't see like anything like a like a person but you know like just part of her energy that i could sense was away from her and and trying to like control her kind of
1: okay yeah so then was she able to i mean how long ago was that was she able to like correct that or you said you talked about it and she acknowledged it yeah, what?
0: she did acknowledge it. She she started crying because, you know, it's it's an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is something that she had been battling and, and thought of in her own mind. And it's not something she was, like, openly sharing with people. And, you know, so that's why it's scary, too, is because I'm, I'm talking to someone about their private life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but there's no
1: way that you can know about. Right, yeah. Or should know about. Or, yeah. like, yeah.
0: And so uh, I told her what I got. I told her... The information, and that's all I can do. I mean, the rest is up to her. I can't, like, mm-hmm. guide everybody, you know. I mean, I'm willing to help as much as I can, but... Our it's journey what you choose personal. to
1: do with the information. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can you talk about that?
3: This was a long time ago when I was assisting you on an investigation, and there was a woman on the investigation who had come with her boyfriend, got freaked out, left the investigation, let her boyfriend continue, so she was just sitting in the courtyard like that guy... And Annie went out, I think, to smoke a cigarette or something and happened to see her and then like never came back to the <laughs> office and I didn't know what she was doing. And you did a reading for yeah. her. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, I try not to do readings for guests um, because yeah. I don't want the Sorrel Wheat House to be a part of what I'm doing because that's not really fair to it's the Sorrel Wheat sense. House. Yeah. Um, but I ha- there have been exceptions before and I've actually had people contact the Sorrel Wheat House and ask me to do readings for them because they've, know that I'm there um but this lady in particular um she was uh inside investigating they had just started she was in the parlors and I was sitting in the courtyard and we all have walkie-talkies like I have one and and you know the camera person and all the groups and the walkie-talkie went off and I didn't hear what was said but I was like oh geez you know somebody's messing with it I'm gonna have to address this let me see if it goes off again and it did go off again and this time I heard the word dead and i was like what are they talking about you know i mean it's not absurd to hear the word dead but it was just strange to me you know and then all of a sudden i got the feeling like something more was going on which was significant to me cuz the walkies go off sometimes you'll press it by accident and i never get that feeling but i felt that this was different um, but i kept to myself didn't say anything and i went to go switch them and she came out and she was like i'm not going to do this anymore i uh, it was too overwhelming i think i talked to someone who i knew Um, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, take a break, whatever. And so she, she walked out with me when I went to go smoke and, uh, she said, yeah, we were using the spirit box and her brother, she was with her husband and her brother had passed away. And so she was telling me she thought she had spoken with her brother and I took a leap (laughs) and I said, you know, when was this? And she told me uh, she you know about how long they had in- been investigating which incidentally was the same time that I had the walkie-talkie experience because when it went off I checked my watch to see can I just rotate them now and address this now and whatever and so uh, so I knew the time and it had matched up so I was like oh you know I think something's happening here and uh, anyway she mentioned to me her brother she didn't say much about him how he died or anything like that and we are just standing there and I said um do you have a lot of tattoos? And she was like, yeah, you know, he did. And I was like, did you kinda like to party a lot? And she was like, yeah. And I, I asked like maybe one or two more questions and she stopped and looks at me and goes, wait, how did you know that? And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I think he might be with you, you know, and just try to talk to her. And then she really wanted more and I couldn't give her more. I panicked because I was like, uh-oh, I've said too much, you know? Um, but I did suggest to her, you know, a different medium that she could go to and kind of get the the answers she was seeking, because then she got really emotional, and that's what scared me because I didn't know her. We were running an event, like I was trying to pay attention to other things. I didn't feel it was appropriate for me. And uh, so I kind of cut it off um, and uh, and it was it was strange, but i it was cool because I described his personality to her and got the validation before she realized what was even going on. Yeah, you described like his height. The way that he looked, specific tattoos,
3: or where the tattoos were. Like, she was describing him very specifically to this person. Yeah. It was really cool. Which is
0: why I like mediumship the most, is because, like, there to me, I, I don't know how to explain it. You know, I, I entertained the theory for a while that maybe like, because we don't use all of our brains. So, so maybe there was like some weird part where I'm, I'm only getting what people know, but they're not saying or they're not even aware they know. You know, mm-hmm. but I've had too many instances where people didn't know things and I've said it and then later it was validated. Or I've also had experiences where I predicted what was going to happen and I've said it aloud to people and then it happened. Uh, so, so I don't know how to explain that sort of thing. Talk you know? about
1: some of that. What has What have you kind of predicted that
0: happened? Um, there's been like little things and big things. Um, like a little thing was when, like years ago when I was younger, I, me and my mom were sitting there and I started singing, Hey Jude. But I didn't know the song at the time and I only uh, knew like the, the Hey Jude part of it. So I was just singing it and like, maybe, maybe I'd heard it on the radio before and knew it that way or whatever, but I didn't, I wasn't a fan or anything. And uh, so I started singing it and she was like, why are you singing that? You know, and I was like, I don't know. How does that song even go? And we joked about it and we got in the car. She turns the car on and the first thing on the radio right right away was Hey Jude. And my mom was like, Annie, get out of the car, you're freaky. And I was like, you see dead people, what are you talking about? (laughs) But I've had things like that, I've had things where like, me and my friends were on a road trip, and I started having anxiety when I was driving, which was weird, because I like driving. (laughs) And I stopped at a gas station to get some gas, and I finally addressed it within myself and was like, okay, there's a reason this is happening. And so I got back in the car, and I said, all right, everybody, I said, something's going to happen tonight. And they're like, okay, tell us what's up. You know, they were all into it, too. And I was like, something's gonna happen tonight. We're gonna be okay, but we need to react immediately. And they were like, all right, cool. Let us know what's going on. So we, we kept driving. We ended up like staying at this sketchy motel um, right outside of a, a city limits, you know. And we were on the in the motel, and it's four young girls, you know. And we heard knocking on the door, which we were like, that's weird, and kind of you know was like whatever. And then it got really aggressive and I was like, okay, here's our cue. I was like, everybody get up. We're going back here. We're calling the front desk. You know, we dealt with it. We had the cops come out eventually because we, you know, because of what I said too, we weren't like taking risks and and it was kind of violent. And so, uh, so the cops came out and they addressed it and everything was fine. But I always wonder, you know, first of all, what would have happened had we not reacted immediately had we you kept blowing it off the door. yes exactly had we not already been in a state of mind where we were like we need to be cautious tonight um and so that kind of freaks me out and and to me looking back on that too like somebody aggressively knocking on the door that was an outstanding experience like it wasn't that's not a normal thing so I felt that I was validated with my prediction you mm-hmm. know that that wasn't just like a Like, if somebody had knocked and and walked away, it had been different. But I I don't know. I kind of felt within myself that that was validated. But...
1: Did you look into, like, any crimes that happened in that area during that time later?
0: I didn't. The police spoke with us and told us that there was a party happening in one of the motel rooms and that somebody had gone to the wrong door, Um, which may have very well been. Um, And I guess, you know, that's what they had hashed out. But I also thought about, like... All right, if they're having a party somewhere and the cops went over there to see what was going on, you know, what did they tell the cops because they're partying, like mm-hmm. what, what's the real story here? Yeah. It seemed kind of strange still, but I was just like happy that we, we did Avoid have that any morning any confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah..
2: Good. Are there ever days where it turns off and you just clear your mind?
0: No, <laughs> which is a problem. <laughs> I've had people, I've had mediums tell me like that I need to chill out because <laughs> uh, I'm too open all the time. But, but when I'm at work, I usually don't pay attention to it as much. But even still, I work at the Sorrel Wheat House, so I'm, I do see things, yeah, sometimes. Um, but, but that's probably the most that I ever turn it off is when I'm trying to focus on doing my job correctly and whatnot. But it comes out.
3: Like we were talking the other comes day out. about um when I first started working there, she like stormed in and was like, Why is Jovi upstairs in the carriage house? And I was like, Jovi's in the office and Jovi walks out of the door and she was like okay. And she like <laughs> saw somebody in the window in the carriage house. So like it still happens when she thinks it's not happening.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I have a uh Sorrell Wheathouse ghost story, um, I've told you, I think, but I don't think I've told you about it, have I? I don't think so. Um, So I went... I've been twice um, a long time ago. Um, Both times I was still in the Army. So between 2010 and 2013. Um, And I went with a friend who didn't believe in ghosts. Um, I had already had those prior experiences. So Mm -hmm. I was just... I was down to go, and I wasn't... I kind of was like, oh, man, this is just a tourist thing. Like, I don't think anything's going to happen, whatever. So I was open to it, but I wasn't expecting it. Um, And so we went through some of the tour. Uh, I don't know that I was necessarily paying attention. I think we had maybe a little drunk. But at some point, we were down in the basement in the back left corner, or like... It seems like it would be the corner closest to the carriage house. Okay. In that back left corner back there. And there was a long couch, like a velvet couch, along the back wall. Yeah. And we were sitting on it. And um, my friend is going, man, this is horseshit. I don't believe in this. Blah, blah, blah. If you're here fucking, um, you know, make yourself known, blah, blah, blah. This is some bullshit. And the next thing I know, I just felt like something next to me, like, I just felt like a whoosh of air next to me. And that was him jumping up and running out of the house. And so I'm just kind of like, oh, what the fuck? Um, and so... I was like, well, uh, I don't, I don't really hang out by myself too much. So I was like, man, <laughs> let me go see what this dude's doing. It was almost the end of the tour, anyway. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just go see what the fuck's going on. Um, and so when I finally got outside and caught up with him, he was like a block or two down, and he like, said he was like, gone. Yeah, yeah. He said that he had, he had been pinched on the back of his arm. Like, right in the soft meat, he had been pinched, like, really fucking hard. As soon as he had said, like, make yourself known, just pinched the shit out of him. And, you know, there's IR, or at that point, there were cameras. There yeah. were heat cameras so that you could see who all was in the room. And we were sitting with our backs to the wall. There was no way that anybody could have been standing there. And it, and it was completely dark. We could not see Um. And so we were listening real hard. So if anybody would have walked up on us, we would have heard their footsteps. It's a stone floor. So, yeah. That sofa that was... is still there. And yeah. we get
3: a lot of activity with that particular yeah. sofa. And
1: I know that... I think you mentioned to me that you felt brushing on the back of your calves on that. So, But I've, I feel like I... Noticed that or Uh had that happen to me and brushed it off and then when you mentioned it later yeah um i feel like that happened to me i can't say that that's necessarily what happened but that does you know i mean memory's a memory's an easy thing to fuck up yes um that's been proven in the courts
3: i think the craziest thing to happen to me at the house I don't know what stuff to say. There, I have talked three experiences, but one of them was on that sofa. There were four of us in the room, Annie, me, and two other staff members. Two of us are seated on the sofa. Annie and another staff member are, like, in the middle of that room. All the doors are closed, and we're in there just sitting in silence. And so the sofa is here against the wall. There's two double doors right next to us. The door next to me opens a little bit. We all hear it open we hear something knock into the arm of the sofa and I felt it knock into the arm of the sofa and then the springs underneath me moved it felt like a small body was crawling underneath the sofa um, and that is where we talk about the little girl playing hide and seek and I had been talking about this entity for a year and I felt the, the tingles on the back of my the cobweb feeling on the back of my ankles before but I was like whatever it's not that big of a deal and and I I mean I felt her move and we all watched the door open and we we heard it knock into the sofa and I sort of freaked out but I didn't say anything and Anna goes Janie what happened and I go uh, uh, I was like the sofa moved I don't know and, and then two of them are sensitive in the room and they immediately were like Sarah just walked into the room and she crawled underneath the sofa so that was that was a crazy
0: thing that happened. Do you Maybe know that I, how I found out about Sarah? No. So so when I started working there, um, I was uh, I was hired to give like these small tours we were running at the time. so it was like 20 minute tours back mm-hmm. to back to back. And uh, so I was doing like a lot of tours per night. And people on my tours for like two straight weeks were were coming up to me after the tour and being like, You know, when I was in that one room, I felt like something grabbed my ankles or they'd be like something uh, pulled my shoelace or touched Mm -hmm. my lower calf or, or, or things like this. And the first time, I was like, okay, you know, sure. I thought they were playing with me. And then when it kept happening, and this is, like, all different people that don't know each other. Like, there's no way. And uh, it kept happening. And I'm thinking, like, God, people are watching too many horror movies. And then I'm thinking, maybe there's a movie that just came out where this is in it. Because I thought that was kind of berserk, you know, something grabbing your ankles. That sounds a bit extreme. And so, finally, I went to Jovi about it. Because he did more of the, like, hour-long tours, like the, Mm -hmm. the longer ones. And I was like, listen, man, I was like, people on my tours keep telling me in this one spot of this one room that they're getting, like, ankles grabbed at and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just a little girl. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he tells me the story the little girl that plays hide and seek. I had no idea.
3: Yeah. I had a man. And that's in that same room downstairs
1: or, yeah. or in a different place? In the <laughs> same room.
3: That's wild. I had a man <laughs> on our tours. We're in that room for less than five minutes. And I had a man retie his shoe three times in less than five minutes in that room and his wife told me about it because he was too freaked out to talk about it it happens very consistently yeah yeah I had a little boy recently on a tour I opened the doors to the lower level everybody is going down all the doors in the back are closed and he walks up to it and you can see through the doors he walks up to it turns around walks up to me and said there's a little girl in that room and I was like Yes, there is. <laughs> I was like, do you have any more information? And he said, I think it's the same little girl from that photo that you showed us upstairs. Because we show photos in the parlor rooms. And I said, I think it might be too. And as parents, you know, are like, shh, shh, ignore him, you know. And I'm like, no, he's right. Because kids are yeah. often more perceptive. So that was really neat that he... Yeah, but
1: then people push it down. But their parents, parents are constantly telling them to be
3: quiet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so they like
3: yeah that happens a lot push it to the side and I'll always sort of encourage the kids to mm-hmm. speak up because they are having valid experiences you gotta tell about the kid in the light <laughs> I knew that was gonna come up <laughs> there was this 10 year old kid on my tour once who was like very chatty but um, <laughs> but we were in the linen room between the linen room and this room that we keep talking about which I'm gonna spoil it come on it was a it was a surgery room it was a makeshift operating room for five and a half years. Trauma surgery. Mm-hmm. So There was a lot of death in that room in particular. And we believe it's the most haunted room. Um, anyway, this little boy, like, raised, like, shoots up his hand. And I was like, yes. You know, and his parents are like, please stop talking. And uh, <laughs> And he was like, I saw this blue light. And it was over here. And then it was on the floor. And then it moved from the room that we were standing in into the next room. It, like, snaked into the next room, and I was like, okay, cool, thanks for letting me know, whatever, and I sort of wrote him off, but I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't really think very much of it because I'd never heard anything like that, and then that night, I had an investigation, and four adults at different times all reported seeing a blue light snake from that room to the next, and that was several months ago, and it is one of the most consistent reportings now, especially from the investigations on Thursday, I had a guest tell us that, that she saw that light snake from one room to the other. It happens all the time. We, so tried, that was really, we, we tried to explain We did for a it long a time. Jovi and I went up with flashlights from the upper level to try to see if it was a flashlight that was coming through the floor because that definitely happens. But it's not. It's not the same thing, and we hear it all the time now. And I want to call his parents and be like, Yo, <laughs> your kid was right. <laughs> He's like some shit. Have
1: you tried to shoot video of it? Like, do you have videos running on that room? I wish
3: we, um, yeah, we live stream the investigations, but you can't see that area with the cameras. Of course, right? I know, right? It always happens that way. Mm-hmm. And I've never had anybody get not yet get a video of it.
2: So, so what's the difference between the tours and the, and and the full on investigation? Are you just
3: the investigation is a hands on event, whereas with the tour it's a guided tour. So you're following a guide who is telling you the history of the home and the paranormal history behind okay. it, sharing experiences and photos and EVP. And then
2: most of the time, those will be the people that will come back for an investigation later?
3: Sometimes. Okay. Anyone can come to an investigation. You have to be 18 and up, with exceptions. Um, but, yeah, the the investigation, you're on your own, in the dark, using our equipment to find evidence of before, the paranormal.
2: Before they go in and start the investigation, has there been any... What, what information do you give them about the area they're about to go into?
3: So we bring them through the house and we give them a very condensed ghost tour. Okay. It's 30 minutes or less um, where we bring them through. And I really just give them the basic history of the house so that they know what kinds of questions to ask and who they're trying to reach out to in each room. Like I'll say... You know this is the room where all the parties were so in here maybe you should play music or dance around or talk about parties to try to stir up the energy of those parties or in this room this is where the enslaved people would have been cooking so maybe try to reach out to the spirits of the enslaved people in here you know so that they know what they're doing so we're not just shoving them into a dark museum you know and yeah. they don't know anything about it but so they're given very basic information and I I, on my investigations, don't tell them a lot of the paranormal history just because I want to see if they're going to find it themselves. So, like, on the tours, I'm like, oh, people often smell cigar smoke in this room, and I give them these stories, but on the investigations, I don't do that because I want them to, to bring me the, the evidence that they find instead of looking for what I've already fed them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's quite different. Yeah. But on the tours... Um, People get a lot of evidence on the tours as well. They're not using equipment. They're taking pictures, which they'll get photographic evidence. But people often will smell, feel, or hear something that there isn't a source for. And that's consistent, common reporting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, It's funny. There's a um, picture. It would be the next square up from where you guys are, closer to Forsyth. Um, Monterey? Yes, Monterey Square on that right-hand side. There's a, a house on that corner there. Um,
0: Mercer Williams, next
1: to Mercer Williams, the one with to the... the right of Mercer Williams. Okay. Story. The big, it's a big two. It, it's it's, two it's one doors. building, but yeah, it's cut down the center. Um, and a guest on a pedicab ghost tour mm-hmm. took a picture under that streetlight right there, and there's it looks like a a woman in a dress, like a very faint misty outline. Um, and I know tours went... Like, pedicab drivers went back and tried to recreate that photo. And, like, there were other photos in front and behind it. I used to have it. I'll have to get it for you guys. But seen some of the most... You have seen it? What do you think? It's pretty convincing to me, I think.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know those people. I wasn't there that night. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a random say, guess. It yeah. was a
1: random tour um, Yeah. by a, a pedicab driver that Every I know um, who's kind of a not... He's like a no-nonsense military guy. Uh, he's a vet, so... Yeah. He's not really into that whole thing. Sure. But they were, and so he was obliging, and then they sent him the picture later.
3: That's cool. Yes, spirits are around us all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to a haunted location to find spirits. And you were asking her earlier if she has these experiences when she's not at the house or not at a haunted location. I remember when... Um, we were pretty new friends and we were at Walmart in the middle of the night and we were walking out and I realized Annie wasn't behind me anymore. So I like turned back and I was like, what are you doing? And she was frozen. And she goes, somebody's following us. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, we're not at work anymore. Can you not do this? <laughs> um, but they are at Walmart with us. They're crossing the street with us. They're around us all the time. And we're just not looking for them like we are when we come on a ghost tour, mm. you know? yeah
1: so normally we end the episode with um we kind of just give you guys a little chance to i don't know how would you say it uh put your put your statement out there what's your what's your quote or what's your thing to live by what do you want to what do you want to leave the audience with and you can also plug your establishment you
2: know whatever you want to do
3: I mean, the way that I finished my ghost tour is kind of what I just said, that, that you don't have to come to a haunted location to find them, that they're around this all all the time, and um, that ghosts don't have to be scary, that they're just human beings living their lives like you and me, um, and sometimes there's maybe a bleeding through a dimension, and in a way, we're haunting them. You know, it's very possible that when we're aware of them, they're aware of us, and we can learn from each other, and there's this sort of Can be this beautiful sort of symbiotic relationship so hopefully all the listeners out there
0: maybe stretched their imagination a little bit (laughs) I don't know what
1: do you think Danny
0: um I hope in times to come the public looks at the paranormal as something a little bit more than just the television programs yeah because that's all people or the general population seem to know of it and there's Way more than screaming in a camera and running away, and <laughs> yeah. so I just hope that that in the future people kind of dig more into it or, or kind of view it a different way and kind of be more open to it because it's not scary. Yeah, it's alarming, it's not scary. <laughs> it can be overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and freaky. Uh, yeah. But and hopefully, we'll. I think me and Stacy are gonna try and come on a tour here. Maybe we can get Jamie to go and then. Uh, we can come back and report on that. I'm kind of sad Jamie isn't here. She said she had a ghost experience story, so yeah, we'll have to get that from her later and figure out how to get that back on here. Maybe we'll do another episode after we come on the tour. That would be really fun. Or we could do Y'all reading. should come investigate. We could do some readings. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks to all our listeners uh, once again. This is our one-year anniversary episode, so thanks to everybody that's listened. Um, the what five people that have left a Facebook comment or, <laughs> yeah. or a review. And give us some, <laughs> give us some stars. It's our birthday, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Later. Bye.